TH Glee, the show where we get high and watch Glee. I'm Courtney, and I've never seen all of Glee. And I'm Elise, and Glee was my entire personality back in the day. I know for the listeners, we are both consuming weed legally and are allowed to have it, so if it is not legal in your area or you are not of legal age to consume it, please don't. And yes, we will be trashing Will Schuster in every episode. Please enjoy this and hi us, take it away. Good evening. Good evening. Broadway baby. I just imagine it in the B-52's voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We're You know, you and me, Courtney, we're just a couple of Broadway babies. I'm working off lobster. our tired feet. Oh, I'm a rock lobster, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to TH. You have, like, Buttercup from Powerpuff Girls hair. <laughs> Here's the thing. Welcome to TH Glee, the show where I'm trying to grow out my undercut, and it is miserable and I hate it. <laughs> because my hair has reached the point where it wants to curl, but it's not quite long enough to curl correctly, so I just have cowlicks. Honestly, my- I have to take a screenshot of us right now. <laughs> just a whole head of cowlicks. That's me. <laughs> oh my god. So. That is going to be your new profile picture on everything, that photo I just took of you. Uh, listeners, I hope you eh. enjoy this photo that's going to be on Instagram 10 years from now. Um, okay. Uh, hey, hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. <laughs> welcome back to our channel. I just want to talk. <laughs> hey guys. Uh, remember to like and subscribe. Uh, guys, this was season five, episode 15. It's called Bash. Now, this episode, <laughs> where you do know, we begin? Well, the episode begins with Kurt and Rachel, and, well, it's Rachel and Sam walking together, and then Blaine and Kurt are walking together, and I, th- is Mercedes there too, or is it just those No, four? she's not there. I thought it very strange that she was not there. Yeah. Also, she must have been in the recording studio that night. Also, before we go too far, where's Santana right now? Are they friends again? She's, she's she's on her she's on her cruise with Brittany. That's right. She's still on vacation with Brittany. Thank you. I forgot. They're on their they're on their big lesbian vacation of Europe. Specifically, uh, Lisbon, Lebanon. They're on the Spoils. island of Lesbos. Yeah, and then they went to Lebanon, and, that, uh, and then they had then they scissor. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> and give each other teeny tiny kisses. <laughs> Um, so Rachel and Sam are walking together and Kurt and Blaine are walking together and they're singing, um, I don't know the name of the song, but I know it's from Into the Woods and it's the Bakers, one of the Bakers, they're singing it. (laughs) It's called No One Is Alone. It's the emotional climax of the piece. Uh, and I gotta say, I recently watched, uh, the Into the Woods movie, and uh, 
this version of this on Glee did it better than in that movie. <laughs> Bold. Because, again, it's the emotional centerpiece. It's, like, the emotional climax of the whole thing. And uh, and in the movie, you just feel fucking nothing. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's being sung by, like, James Corden and Anna Kendrick and uh, whoever. <laughs> well, when I saw Into the Woods on Broadway recently... Um, you wound me. <laughs> um, it was, um, what's her name? Philippa Sue. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't remember his name. What's his name? The guy who played Shrek on Broadway. Brian Darcy James. I was like, he, he, has, he has three names. Down. You remember? And he was Deborah Messing's husband on Smash. That's correct. He was like, you don't care about our family. <laughs> Julia Smash coming to Broadway in a theater near you. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to put on Cat TV for Toothless, but he can't handle it, so we're turning it off. Anyways. He's my, showing he, he ass. My cat is an iPad baby. Um <laughs> He literally knocked over my TV last night. Not to like derail us completely, but he literally knocked over. I want a shirt TV. that says my cat is is an iPad baby. Somebody make that for me, please. With a picture of Toothless playing on an iPad. <laughs> going... Subscribe to our Patreon if you want to buy that shirt. <laughs> so anyways, so they're they're in a procession singing No One Is Alone, and it's like a candlelit vigil. And they, they're on Bleecker Street in New York for some reason. And they get to, like, a little telephone pole with a picture of, like, a dude named Russ. And they're, like, all, like, we support you, Russ, or, like, we love you, Russ, or whatever. <laughs> and I presumed that this man was dead, that he had died. Yeah. And- a, reason- a very, very reasonable, well-thought-out assumption to make. Based on how they treat it. <laughs> yes. But in the next scene, they are all at, like, Monday potluck together. And a new talk- thing. Yeah, and they're, like, talking with each other about, like, life or whatever. And then Mercedes or whoever holds up, like, a the thing and is like, who's this guy? And they're like, oh, that was some guy who got, like, beat up, like, on the street and we just went to his vigil. But he's still alive. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? He's still alive? Like, he's just in a coma? I'm not crazy, right? Like, they don't say he's in a coma. They just say he's still alive. Like... I think they say he's in the hospital. But... Right. But, like, it seems like he's fine, based on how they say it in this. Yeah. Only to then, at the end, they're like, he woke up from the coma. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is the first time hearing of the coma. And you're telling me, like, two minutes before the end of the episode? Yeah. For this man that we've actually never seen, we've just seen a picture of. So, It's a stock photo model. Like, it's... (laughs) Yeah, he looks like a football player. (laughs) Yeah. So, they went to the vigil, and then Kurt's like, oh, they got gay bashed. Wink nod at the camera. Um, <laughs> a tip of the cap. Yes, yeah. he's he looked right into my eyes and he was like, "They were gay bashed." <laughs> <laughs> and then, that would be so fucking funny if that's actually what happened. Well, and then that's like the end of that scene. They just eat dinner together. Mm-hmm. 
Rachel is at rehearsal and is like, hey, Mr. Theater Man, not the director. I don't know what happened to the director. It's it's the head producer. Yeah, but where the fuck is the director? (laughs) Yeah, where is Carlisle Cullen? Yeah, where's Carlisle? You only get me for that batch of episodes. After that, I'm turning it back over to the old man. He's like, I gotta go film Breaking Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) So... Rachel's like, hey, Mr. Theater Man, I have to do school. Can I get time off from my theater job to go do school? And he's like, no. And she's like, please? And he's like, fine. (laughs) Well, okay. I... He says to her in this scene that she's in every scene, so she can't miss two hours of tech. Because Rachel says she's in tech for Funny Girl. Yes. Fanny Bryce is not literally on stage in every scene. There are supporting characters in it. And tech takes for fucking ever, especially for a show this big. Oh, Two yeah. hours, that is nothing. Nothing. Especially when it's just like somebody else could literally stand for her. Do you know? Okay, not to continue to bring up our college production of Rent, but there was a sing- there was a day of tech a full day of tech that was just Christmas bells. Yes. And we did not get to the part of Christmas bells where I entered until the next day. (laughs) You remember that. Jess felt really bad. (laughs) I was, I was at tech all day long waiting for my entrance in Christmas bells and it never came. We ended the rehearsal and we had not made it to my entrance. (laughs) And I was one of the main characters in Christmas Bells. That show was a nightmare. (laughs) I had so much to do in that song. And I didn't make it into the scene. And he's like, no, you can't leave for two hours, Rachel. You're in every scene. No. Even if she was in every scene, she probably has an entrance to that scene. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just like, you know what? I actually kind of liked this episode. <laughs> well, so Rachel needs time off so she can do her Neata Midwinter Critique. Something that, okay, I, we need to talk about the semantics of Neata Winter Critique. Mid, no, sorry, Midwinter Critique. Because last season we had the Winter Showcase, if you recall. And is this different from that? Because <laughs> literally everybody is in this. Everybody has to do a midwinter critique, but the winter showcase. Okay, so this is midwinter. So <laughs> midwinter. So it's midwinter. And then winter showcase must be like two weeks. Maybe, maybe okay. Maybe midwinter critique is what decides who gets to be in the winter showcase. Oh. Oh. Isn't she still in her first year? So would this be the spring semester? No, no, no. This is Rachel's second year. But she said she's gonna be. She's not. She said she's about to be a sophomore. She said, she said she is Niata sophomore, funny girl star. Oh, okay. So this is fall. We're in fall. Yes. Because remember, we, we already had winter showcase like a full season ago. It can't right, be right. midwinter. So, <laughs> midwinter, so this like, is Kurt's, this is Kurt's still, this is the end of Kurt's freshman year. Yes. Middle of Blaine's freshman year. Rachel's yes. sophomore year. Yes. Okay. I'm caught up. 
<laughs> That's just like a lot for my brain to think about. Yeah, yeah, this is this is a lot. So it's it must be like around Thanksgiving then or something. That's right, because the Winter Showcase was in things was like the week after Thanksgiving. So maybe this is like October. That's when midterms are usually. Not important. <laughs> okay, yeah, we don't need to know the school schedule. I've officially from- declared what month it is during this episode of Glee to be the least important question for us to spend time on. <laughs> so she has her midwinter critique. That's all you need to know. Uh, she has she- a midwinter critique. Okay. <laughs> time off. Meanwhile, Sam is at Mercedes' house because he lives there now with Blaine too. Blaine lives there. Yes. Um, but, but Sam gets like, the couch for some reason. And Blaine has like a whole ass bedroom. Don't I know guess why Blaine they- is like engaged to be married. <laughs> he deserves some privacy. They couldn't get bunk beds. He can go to Kurt's house if they want to bang. Like <laughs> <laughs> the house with four other people in it. Nah. Um. Santana now it only has Rachel and Santana. Well, and Santana's not even there. It's Santana and Kurt. Yeah, and Rachel's always at rehearsal or working. Yeah. So Kurt and Blaine have the apartment to themselves a lot right now. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) So Sam's on the couch watching uh, the Facts of Life for some reason. He's watching the Facts of Life, which he describes as like a lesbian weed comedy. Which is not at all what it is. I know, it's it's very funny. I, I <laughs> Sam was at times painful to watch in this episode, but he still was incredibly entertaining. Yeah, it was the, it was the, it was when he tried to do the black people stuff that we were like, ooh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but still, even with that and how bad it was, it was just like, you know, he's not like racist in his heart he's just a fucking idiot <laughs> dumbass he's just he's just so stupid <laughs> yeah i yeah i uh, love him <laughs> this might have been cord overstreet's best acting performance that we've ever seen <laughs> yeah because he's sitting on the couch with a like mixing bowl full of cereal <laughs> a huge bowl like a, a pop- huge like- bowl like the bowl your mom would use to put popcorn in to watch a movie. I was going to say popcorn bowl. <laughs> it is the biggest bowl you have in your house. <laughs> like two bags of popcorn go in that bowl. And he's got like a whole At least. bag and a half. He like has like the dredges of like three different kinds of cereal. Because I thought it was Just Lucky Charms. Because that's it, what it, from certain shots, it really looked like Just Lucky Charms. Because <laughs> well, the, the, the thing of cereal on the table is Just Lucky Charms. But I'm like, no, he's got like two other boxes of cereal in there and i think they're like rice krispies and frosted flakes <laughs> you did distinctively see a flake i recall that <laughs> and i did see a crispy so i saw some crispies <laughs> you heard that's not crackle pop Ooh. yeah so he's like watching tv at full volume at 2 a.m and mercedes comes downstairs and is like hey can we not <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like oh sorry I just, I'm I just watching to... this amazing new show, Facts of Life. <laughs> you heard of it? Um, and then he's like, yeah, I have trouble sleeping. Blaine used to read me Star Wars fan fiction to help me fall asleep. Courtney, I had completely forgotten that this detail was a part of Blaine's character until this happened. I have not thought about that 
in like literally five or six years. <laughs> I just don't. And then they cut to a like a Family Guy esque scene of <laughs> reading Star Wars fan fiction to Sam. And he's like, like Jar Jar Binks was putting a snoogglepuss in the, like, whatever the fuck is. Like, what are we doing? And Sam's like, this one's not very good. And Blaine's like, it was written by George Lucas. Ha ha ha. One yeah. dig at George Lucas, Ryan. Like, <laughs> he is a bad writer. <laughs> I know he's a bad writer, but I didn't, I don't think the fans of Glee and the fans of Star Wars have a lot of crossover. The Venn diagram. I, mean, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> The, the, okay, so Blaine was reading it in, like, a C-3PO voice, and he was R2. talking about, he was like, Master Anakin, the young Jedi needs his, like, diaper changed or something, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, there was, like, dark diaper talk, he was like, it's full of midichlorians or something. That's right, that's right. Uh, that was really funny. Um, I also like that they were immediately just talking about the prequels. Like, they were immediately in the prequels. (laughs) I love that Blaine is the sort of nerd that doesn't even read fan fiction for, like, the sex. He just reads it for, like, the world building. Yeah, he just, he wants to, he wants to read it to Sam so he can do the voices. (laughs) yeah. Because he loves it, like, so much. I, I really, I love that that, I love that for him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, it did these weird, like, like things, like, they had, like, little fake X-wings, like, sweep across the screen. A lot of yeah. weird editing in this episode. Yeah. We'll get to the other weird editing when we get there, but, like, <laughs> so Sam is describing this, and then Mercedes comes and sits on the couch, and then Sam's like, hey, why, why did we break up? And Mercedes is like, I just, I don't, I don't want to talk to you about this. <laughs> and he's like, but like, why did we break up? Like, we were, we're good for each other. I think we shouldn't break up. And Mercedes is like, no. And then she like pauses, and then she fucking like pounces on him, <laughs> <laughs> and he like throws like, literally, him, like literally, like pounces on him. It's just like eating his face. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> And then we get a hard cut from that scene to what happened next? I think Broadway Baby. Yes. We cut to Rachel singing on a piano in a flouncy pink dress. Mm-hmm. And she's singing Broadway Baby by Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> oh, because everyone has their their winter their midwinter critique um, performance has to be a Sondheim. Uh, number. Excellent challenge for this, like, huge exam that decides whether or not they pass or fail the class. Yeah. Like, literally, if you do bad in this, you will fail this class. (laughs) So, Rachel is singing, and then Blaine joins in, and he's singing with her, and they do this cute little number, and it's really fun and really good. Didn't it slap? And it slapped, and they were having a great time. And then they finish the number, and Carmen says, that was very good, but I'm flunking you both because you're fucking idiots, and you literally did exactly what I didn't tell you to do. This was supposed to be a solo number. Not a duet. Idiots. And she's like, that was good enough that I will give you a second chance. Reschedule your, like, whatever the fuck for later this week. Mm -hmm. Next. (laughs) 
And then Rachel's like... And then, like, hard cut to Carmen Thibodeau's office. No, well, first Rachel was like, hey, Carmen, but, like, I have, like, Broadway. And Carmen's like, I don't care. And then we hard cut to Carmen Thibodeau's office, and Rachel walks in and is like, hey, can we, like, reschedule this for after Funny Girl opening? And Carmen's like, no, you're not special. She calls her little girl. (laughs) She goes, listen to me, little girl. (laughs) Like, she goes full, like... Whoopi Goldberg on her. <laughs> mm-hmm. And is like, you may have talent and you may have drive, but you ha- you can't take direction and you don't listen. <laughs> and Rachel's like, you're wrong. <laughs> like completely just proving her right in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Rachel basically is like, I quit Miata. And Carmen's I mean... like, think about this before you do it. And Rachel's like, I have. And then she storms out. And then I, mean, I do think Rachel says that it's two weeks until her funny girl opening later in this episode. And I'm like, okay, if she has to do it within a week, what's like one more week? But like also Carmen is so right about literally everything that she's saying that it's like, yeah, she's fucking out of chances at this point. If she yeah. had been if she had been constructive and showing up to the level that she needed to be for everything else and she just needed this and she just fucked up on this one thing i think carmen would have given it to her i think she would have given her the extension but well, that's not who rachel berry is <laughs> no because like rachel's like i've been giving 110 percent in every class and carmen's like that's not what any of your teachers have been saying and rachel was like but you made me deal with cassandra july and like meh, 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 meh. and carmen's like shut up like Fucking Carmen's like, no, you don't understand. Literally every one of your professors have complained about your work. <laughs> it's like, like, what are what are you even trying to prove, Rachel? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do wish that we had had some of this stuff of where she's like supposedly slipping from not being able to handle all of the her responsibilities. I do wish there had been like some lead up to this like maybe we could have seen some of this in previous scenes and or seasons because like absolutely Carmen is right but that's from like analyzing things that didn't actually super happen at yada (laughs) yeah it's like we've literally never seen her in another class ever (laughs) yeah and I mean I don't know like I'm not saying that Glee needs to not have any plot holes or whatever. Like, I don't, I'm not calling it that. I'm just saying, like, I think if the Glee writers had actually planned their stories and, like, paid attention focusing to character, I think the good stuff that they do here would be so, so, so much more powerful and impactful. (laughs) Yeah. Just putting my writer's cap on for a moment. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. So Rachel quits Niata. That's the end of that, I guess. (laughs) Um, and then she she goes to just the most Italian restaurant in New York. They're playing like the music from Breadsticks in the background. Yeah, like, it's like we're at fucking like Luca de Peppo or something. Like, <laughs> and Kurt's like, "Hey, hey, sweetie, maybe we don't quit Niata just like cold turkey. Like, maybe we don't mm-hmm. do that." Oh wait, before this, Sam, put a pin in this. Before this, Rachel, or Rachel, Sam and Mercedes are, like, walking, 
walking along the boardwalk near Brooklyn Bridge, and Mercedes is like, "We're not, we're not boyfriend girlfriend," and Sam's like, "Why not?" And then Sam throws like a handful of coins into the fucking East River. After, like, nearly running into every person on the sidewalk because he's walking backwards for some reason. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I wish Mercedes to be my girlfriend or whatever the fuck. And then Mercedes is like, meh, 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 meh. And then he starts saying something about her, like, fur coat or something. And that, like, is that the kind of image you want? And Mercedes is like, fuck you. And then she throws her coat in the river. And then Sam is like, that was dumb. Now you're cold. And she's like, give me your coat. And so he gives her her coat and he's like, and she, and then he's like, let's go get a hot dog or something. And she's like, nah, I'll meet you later. Bye. So Sam leaves with no coat on, just raw dog in it. (laughs) Did you see that Tommy Wiseau is putting out a new movie? He like made another movie. No. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> continue. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Thank you. And then Mercedes, um, not following the theme of the episode, sings Aretha Franklin song <laughs> on the carousel. Um, she sings. Yeah. So everything in this is Sondheim except for two Mercedes songs. <laughs> yeah. One of which Mercedes is... doesn't have to sing Sondheim. They absolutely could have found Sondheim songs for her to sing in this. Oh yeah. But maybe they felt like that would have undercut the interracial message. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she sings um, "Natural." You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman Mm -hmm. by Aretha Franklin. And it's very good. We still love Mercedes. Her songs are very good in this episode. They just don't fit in with the theme of the episode. Much like this was, like, Court Overstreet's best episode, this was, like, Amber Riley's best episode, just for, like, how, like, beautiful she looked and sounded in this. Yeah. <laughs> like, she looked the best she's ever looked and sounded the best she's ever sounded. Yeah, they actually, like, got a good makeup and hair person for her, so. hmm And then Mercedes is at dinner with her backup singers, um what are their names like Shanice and Tesla yeah and she invited Sam to come meet them and he rolls up and immediately does like a Chris Tucker impression and then he (laughs) comes over and is just like standing at the table and starts like talking about just everything that he should not be talking about he touches their hair it asks us if it's natural. <laughs> it's, like, really bad. <laughs> I... The thing is, is that, like, as he's doing this, he's making just, like, the single most awkward choices a person could make in this situation. He's, yeah. like, continuing to stand next to them, like, while they're all sitting, looking up at him. And then he, like, chooses the completely wrong time to, like, go and try and get a chair. And then when he goes inside, he's, like, talking to them through the window. <laughs> yeah, about, like, what it's like to be a model or something. Yeah. It's, like, bananas. Just, like, every choice that was made in this scene was bananas. Yeah. And Mercedes is, of course, like, mortified. And her friends are, like, horrified. <laughs> 
Oh, and then at the end, he does the Matthew McConaughey Wolf of Wall Street thing where he was, like, thumping his chest and going, and, like, humming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so weird. And then he, like, <laughs> went in for a kiss and Mercedes said no. <laughs> yeah, so then Mercedes is, like, talking to her friends on her stoop. And, like, you would think they wouldn't like Sam because he's, like, ignorant and, like, mildly racist sounding and, like, touched their hair and was, like weird about it but no they don't like sam because he's white and it's gonna look bad for her image when she's like trying to be a hip-hop artist because black yeah, they like they like don't even care about about the microaggressions because they're like he's so funny and he really cares about you and they love his impressions they love the impression he did of bill cosby <laughs> and and they're like no 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 He's like what his personality is whatever. It's the fact that you're a black woman and he's a white man and you're trying to be a hip hop artist and you're gonna alienate black women and black men and it's like that's just not how that works. <laughs> like that's just like such a stereotype that Ryan Murphy is just like putting into his show. It's stupid. And then Mercedes like goes to Sam and is like, Hey, I think we should break up and he was like, Oh, is it because your friends hate me? And she was like, no. And he's like, like, is it because... And he, like, gets all serious. And he's like, is it because I'm white and you're black? And she's like, no! (laughs) And it's just, like, the weirdest conversation. But I guess they, like, break up again. And Sam is all sad. Kind of. Not even really. And Sam is all sad. And he goes to Blaine. And... Yes. Okay. And then yes. And then he goes to Blaine. Reverse. Rewind. Go back to the Kurt Rachel situation. Mm-hmm. Kurt and Rachel just had dinner, or not even had dinner. Rachel is stormed out. Kurt told Rachel. Kurt looked at Rachel and said, "Screw you," because Rachel was like, "You are a coward, and you take no risks, and you're just gonna play it safe at Niata for forever." Blah 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 blah. And then she storms out. And then Kurt is walking home. And he looks down an alleyway, which I have to say, there are not a lot of wide alleyways in New York City. So I don't know where he was that this was this happening. This is a very wide alleyway. Yeah, like that is it's like a It's like alleyway. the width of like two cars back to yeah. back. Those don't exist. Not more. Those don't exist in Manhattan. So he might be in Brooklyn somewhere. I don't know. He looks down and he sees these two guys beating up somebody. And, you know, they call him the F-slur. And Kurt, like, looks at it and is like, hey, what the fuck? And he runs, he, like, sprints over to them and is, like, shoves the guy off of him and is like, like, you bitch, like, why, what are you doing? I'm not scared of you. The other guy who was getting beat up runs away, leaving Kurt with these two assholes. And then they kick the shit out of Kurt and, like, leave him. Which, I... (laughs) I feel like there should have been some cops at that hospital taking his statements, but they did not do that. They didn't have time to deal with that. Uh, you know, we had to keep very going. long episode. <laughs> they didn't have time for that. We had to know what happened to Mercedes and Sam. So Kurt gets beat up. And then so Sam is over at Kurt's apartment with Blaine. I don't know why they're at Kurt's apartment when they both live at Mercedes apartment, but whatever. They're at Kurt's apartment. And they're talking about Star Wars fan fiction again and how Ewoks are polygamous. And and Sam was like, yeah, of course they're polygamous. 
and and Blaine's cell phone rings and he answers it and it's like, is this Blaine Anderson? And then we and then it's like a, a like weird like cut to just like half of uh, Sam's face, just just like then, a sliver of his like, face, like the left eyeball. And then it it cuts back to Blaine, but it's just like his his forehead and he and his eyes like looking upset. And then it cuts to Blaine calling Mercedes and Mercedes being or like Sam calling Mercedes and Mercedes like a sliver of her face and then it cuts to Mercedes calling uh, Artie and he's like editing something and it's like a sliver of his face and then it cuts to Rachel at funny girl rehearsals and they're like Rachel you have a call and they say it's urgent and it's Mercedes calling Rachel and then it's like a sliver of Rachel's face and then they all run to the hospital (laughs) to see Kurt and um, they won't let like them see him yet because they're not family or whatever, and then like the doctor comes out, who we only see the back of. We don't see the front of this man. The doctor comes out and is like, he's alive, he's fine, he's just resting, he's sleeping for the morphine. You can go see him now, or whatever. And they they go in and see him, and he he is beat to hell. He's like purple, little mm-hmm. purple man with his little beat up face. And Blaine is sitting with him, and then he starts singing a song that's definitely by Sondheim. Mm-hmm. What song is it, Courtney? It's um, that one from a Sondheim musical. From <laughs> Sunday in the... Nope. <laughs> Silent little shake of the head I just gave you. A little night. Mm. Nope. Folly. Mm. Nope. <laughs> Keep going. You'll get it eventually. Company. Honestly, it's impressive. I named this many Sondheim musicals. You've named every, almost every Sondheim musical except the one it's from. Into the woods. No. Oh, okay. That's Sweeney Todd. Yes. I was like, there's a really famous one you haven't named yet. I got there. I got there eventually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's singing um, the Sweeney Todd song. It's called know. Not While I'm Around. It's the song seen. the little boy sings. Okay, well, I've never seen Sweeney Todd, so. Oh my god, it's on Broadway again. You should go see it with I know, Josh, Josh Groban. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's not bad. Okay. My favorite. No, honestly, movie. I'm sure it's great. It's just, it just could probably be better. <laughs> eh. So, and then it cuts to Blaine singing it at his, like, rescheduled midwinter critique because it, Blaine has time to do his rescheduled midwinter critique even though his literal fiancé almost died, Rachel. His fiancé is in the hospital and Rescheduled. Blaine has time to reschedule. Rachel. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh not a good look for our gal. Mm-mm. Tough look for our gal. <laughs> And um, then I love you referring to Rachel Berry as our gal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so then something happens. Blaine does a song, and then um, then I think it's Sam and Mercedes again. Yeah, I think it's yeah because I was like, there's a like, scene that literally happens- every other scene is Sam and Mercedes. There's a scene that happens before Bert comes in, so I guess it is this one. Mercedes takes Sam to her recording studio 
and is like, I don't care what anyone says, we should be together. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and then he, she like sits him down and is like, I have something, I want to show you something. And her like, the like mixer guy comes in and like a musician comes in. And Sam is like, call me white chocolate. He says that to like her, her sound mixer. I have no memory of that. Oh, it was very small and subtle, but I picked up on it because I had some. I just remembered that during this scene, during this scene, I remembered that uh, that one time that Sue referred to Sam as the Kentucky Fried Stripper. Yes, we also both had a moment before before even the Kurt uh, getting. Beat oh my up god, Kurt and Rachel were at dinner. <laughs> Kurt and we each at separately. We each separately had a moment where we realized, wait, fuck, he hasn't been bashed yet. Checked to see how much time was left, saw it was over 20 minutes, and we're like, fuck. Yeah, because I was like, oh my god, this episode is, like, so long already. Why are we, why is this such a Sam and Mercedes-heavy episode? Like, that's a weird (laughs) choice. And then Rachel sat down to dinner with Kurt, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is an episode about Kurt. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) and we haven't even gotten to Kurt yet. Yeah. Isn't that fun? So, yeah. And then Mercedes sits Sam down in the studio, and then she sings a song by a little artist known by Am- as Amber Riley um, <laughs> that is somehow weirdly fitting, like, for this episode. And honestly, like, what a coincidence, you know? Because <laughs> I doubt that was intentional, right? Maybe it was. I don't know. I don't know. I did have the thought. I was like, was there any chance that they, that she was like, hey, can I feature this song that I wrote? It's called Colorblind. And they heard just the fact that it was called Colorblind and nothing else about the song and decided to make the entire A plot of the episode. Because let's be real, it was the A plot. Um, (laughs) To make the entire A plot of the episode about the struggles of being in an interracial relationship. (laughs) Which is such a weird thing to want to tackle in 2014. <laughs> like, it's like a bold choice, guys. Like, uh, yeah, because like it wasn't even tackling like racism; it was just tackling the concept of an interracial relationship, and like the effect that would have on like Mercedes' career for some reason. Yeah, exclusively her career. Like, her friends don't care. If for as far as they're concerned, if she wasn't trying to be famous, this would be totally fine. <laughs> yeah, if she wasn't trying to be, like, a hip-hop artist, she could date all of the white men that she wanted. Mm-hmm. But also, she's from fucking Ohio. Like, there's a lot more white men there, I bet. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> and she found, like, the hottest one in Ohio, so... Honestly, what are the odds that this many hot people are from Ohio? You know what? Good point. Also, can we talk about Sam's outfit in this scene? His hair is crazy. (laughs) I told you, he looks like a- Sam's look from from top to- from tip to toe? Wild. He looks like a Macy's mannequin. He, we literally were like, well, because he has never once looked like this or dressed like this. And no. so I was like, oh, the, he, it's, he finally bought his own clothes now that, like, his parents don't buy his clothes anymore or something. Like, is that what's going on? Um, and, like, this is his new style. And you said, he just walked into Macy's, look at, looked at a mannequin and was like, I'll take it. <laughs> That's 
is exactly what he did because he's got like the layers on. He's got like a belt. Yeah. He had like a leather jacket and like a scarf and like a t shirt and like a belt and like his hair was really different. <laughs> and I was like, like what happened between like yesterday and today, Samuel? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so Mercedes sings her song. It's a really good song. I really like it. It's so good. She sounds amazing. I love this song. Good episode for Mercedes, um, weirdly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably good should. episode for Sam and Mercedes, despite them having a really stupid A-plot. <laughs> and despite the fact that this episode, I think, wasn't supposed to be about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we cut back to Kurt in the hospital, and um, his dad comes in and is, like, immediately mad. And is like, what the fuck were you thinking? You stupid bitch. Why would you do that? I... I let you come to New York because you're like, oh, it's safe here. Safe my ass. I knew it wasn't safe here. Like, I had so many thoughts about Burton this episode, despite this being the only scene where he has lines. Yeah, because so... you came in with the, is he still a congressman? <laughs> <laughs> That's only half of what I want to talk about. Uh, but yeah, I was like, wait a second. Because he was dressed like vintage season one and two Burt before he became a congressman. Like, he was in, like, the flannel and the dad jacket vest thing, and the baseball cap, and the jeans, and, like, the New Balance sneakers. And I'm like, is he still a congressman? <laughs> Congressmen are allowed to As... relax on a Friday. Well, sure, 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 sure. I just, it just, that, something about how he was dressed and styled made me wonder, even though I don't think those two things need to be correlated. But I was like, wait, is he still still a congressman? Has he even made it to the end of his first term yet? And if he has, has he, like, won re-election? Like, there's a lot. I, like, I, Bert Hummel spinoff, honestly. The other thing is that... (laughs) (laughs) Just your very serious face with your hair like that. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I took out the ponytail and it stayed where it was. Your head is such a weird shape right now. (laughs) My head is Grinch shaped. (laughs) It's like Grinch meets like soda bottle. (laughs) I'm Mr. Heat Miser. I'm Mr. Sun. (laughs) Because that's the other thing. The top part of Courtney's hair is like bright orange. (laughs) Yeah, it's because I have... I've been lazy and I haven't dyed it back to black because I don't care. <laughs> you look like, like you look like if Carrot Top grew his hair out <laughs> really, really far and he had really dark roots. Some of us have black hair, okay, and it's hard to dye. <laughs> <laughs> My hair is dark brown, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know the struggle. Uh, anyway... <laughs> The other thing I was thinking about Bert was how Bert, when Bert found, finds out that his son is, like, in the hospital after getting beaten in, like, a hate crime, the amount of energy that must have been coursing through that man's veins, it must have been, like, anabolic steroids. Yeah, <laughs> like, wait for three I days. was like, he probably ran on foot to New York in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> based on the, the sheer energy coursing through his veins in that moment. Yeah, he went, like, full dad mode. Um, like, dad strength mode. 
He, and... like, did the equivalent of, like, the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> he went yeah, super Saiyan. Yeah, he was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. I'm going Super Saiyan. Can someone please animate Burt Hummel going Super Saiyan for me? <laughs> As a gift in, this, in these trying times. <laughs> yeah. So, so Burt. Bert is there and he's all mad and then he cries because he's like, you could have died. You could have been seen. And and then like Kurt's like, I, I, what would you have done? You raised me to be this way. It's all because of you, Dad, that I'm a good person who stands up for other people. I learned it from you, Dad. Yeah, that's basically it. And then Kurt's like... It's very have- sweet, though. Well, and Kurt's, like, all beat up looking, and he's like, I kind of hope I get a scar. Is that weird? <laughs> and Bert just immediately goes, yes. <laughs> yeah, because Bert's like, what your poor beautiful face. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, I love how Kurt uh, is, like, coming into his masculinity as he gets older. Does that yeah, make sense? We, Kurt's in his mask era right now. Yeah, like he's like he like I want I want a scar on my face and I got a tattoo and I got a lip piercing and I was in a band. <laughs> yeah. Not that any of those things are inherently masculine. I'm just saying he's butching up a little. <laughs> he's doing a reverse season 3 Blaine. So Bert comes in hot and then Kurt's like whatever dad, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm chill. And then they go Kurt Kurt's back home. And Rachel's there, and she's like, "Hey, I'm sorry for calling you a, a risk, a not risk taker. I feel like it was my fault or whatever." And he was like, "Nah." Um, and then he's like, "You don't have to quit, Miata." And she's like, mm, "I do." So she's still being a bitch. And then they they kiss and make up, and then they go out to potluck. Sam and Mercedes are officially dating, and they they eat their potluck with everyone. And Rachel's like, "Hey, everyone, you have to come to Kurt's." midwinter critique we have to support him and then we we go to kurt's midwinter critique and he sings a a song by sondheim that one's from follies see if you can guess the musical faster this time courtney that one's from follies isn't it yes okay see i knew that one haha but i also like said that while we were (laughs) watching it (laughs) Because Bert like mouths along to the words at one point, and I was like, "Look at Bert knowing a Follies deep cut." <laughs> well, Follies is it, one which of the Follies gay itself ones. a bit of a deep cut. Yeah, Follies is one of the gay ones, right? Like, what? I don't know. I don't know. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. What? Well, no, I need to know which Sondheim musicals do you think are the gay ones. <laughs> uh, Follies. <laughs> all of them <laughs> you, you don't have to it's fine <laughs> i learned what so i saw a fun tangent you can cut this or you can leave it i don't care uh, but when i saw phantom of the opera recently i was like oh yeah angela weber like blah 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 and i was like isn't he gay he's gay right and I, I had to Google it, and I was like, "Oh no, he's straight." I was like, "Oh no, why did I? Why did I think he was gay?" <laughs> That's a good question. Is it just he's because- too ugly to be gay? 
say harsh. <laughs> I mean, he looks like a, like an old toad. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I think it's because Sondheim. He looks like an old toad with bad eyebrows. <laughs> I don't know why, but in my brain I was like, Sondheim's gay. So, like, whatever's also gay, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> They do have the same birthday. Well, they have the same energy, too. Like, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, Broadway man. Just, just because they're, like, big Broadway people. Come on. That's not far-fetched. <laughs> Anyways. We need to talk about something else. <laughs> get me off this topic before I get canceled. Um. Yeah. By me. <laughs> I will cancel you if we don't move on. <laughs> when are we going to get our, our Andrew Lloyd Webber tribute glee episode? Courtney, I'm not even joking. We need to move on. <laughs> this is like that time that you said all that stuff about Jason Mraz. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't no. with this. <laughs> I think a sore spot. Um. <laughs> it's too close to home. Me, Josh Groban. So, Kurt sings his, his song. It's very good. Also, look at him singing his song after he just got the shit kicked out of him and he was in the hospital. Rachel. He, like, jumped onto a piano. Yeah, and, like, stood up there and was like, look at me. Nothing bad can touch me because I'm Kurt Hummel and I'm in my um, main character era. So, you know, good for him. I had lots of thoughts during this, too. I was like, this is, like, if his performance of being alive met his performance of Not the Boy Next Door, this is the love child of that performance. Well, and you were like, I bet Carmen Thibodeau. Yes. Oh, my God. I love this revelation that I had. (laughs) Which is that, because Carmen Thibodeau is in this scene. Carmen Thibodeau watches with, like, the biggest, proudest look on her face for Kurt as he sings this. She looks so, so proud of him. And I'm like, I bet if Carmen Thibodeau had one wish in life, it would be to invent a time machine, to use that time machine for the sole purpose of going back in time and reversing her decisions about Kurt and Rachel. (laughs) Yeah. Because Rachel has been the biggest nightmare for her, And she probably regrets so hard falling for Rachel's shit in season three. And, like, Rachel's, like, aggressive, hard, difficult to work with, please. And rejecting Kurt. When Kurt puts in the work, he is extremely talented. He cares about growth. He cares about school. And Rachel is, like, the biggest little snit of all time. Yeah, because Carmen, um, in that conversation with Rachel, was like, you have no foundation. You can have all the spotlight you want, but with no foundation, you're not going to be eventually, But it's not sustainable. She's like, yeah. you will not be able to keep this up. Yeah, you're going to Cassandra July yourself. Your, your talent is only going to take you so far. You have to be, like, willing to work with other people and listen <laughs> and... Uh, what was I gonna say? I just had another thought about that, which is like, oh, that it, like, it honestly mirrors Leah Michelle's career. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, when you think about it, and like, she's, she's on an upswing again now, but like, she let, rode her talent 
to a really big amount of spotlight and a really big amount of fame and love and acclaim. And guess what? Because she was difficult to work with and couldn't listen and play nice with others. (laughs) She uh, was pretty brutally brought back down to earth. (laughs) So there you go. There's a reason Jane Lynch quit Funny Girl before Leah Michelle got on there. <laughs> There's a reason why Chris Colfer said he wouldn't go because he could, quote, be triggered at home. Yeah. Like, that's really sad. <laughs> they seem to be, like, friends and, like, they work together for so long and he's like, I don't ever want to be around her again. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how well she's doing or how nice she might be now. I just am not interested. <laughs> Well, and it's it's so weird, too, because, like, I follow, um, oh, God, what's his name? Artie. Kevin McHale. Mm-hmm. I follow him on Twitter, and he always hangs out with, um, like, a lot of the cast, and he and, um, what's her name, have a podcast now. Yeah. And it's just, like, they're all hanging out without Leah. <laughs> and it's just Yeah, so like, weird. everyone's been on the show except for her. Yeah. Because, like, they have, like charity events that they do all together still like yeah not like all and it's everyone except her yeah but it's like chris colfer's usually there amber riley's usually there darren chris will be there if he's not doing like whatever else ryan murphy has him doing <laughs> like... <laughs> now now darren chris has kind of taken on like he's like um do you know who Derek huff is no he's like a Derek huff type if you're listening at home and you get that and you understand what I'm saying, please validate me. Um, <laughs> he's he's like a, he's like a Wayne Brady ish kind of guy. He like hosts stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he like turns up and does one song and something or whatever. He does Broadway. Uh, he's like he's like a showman now. Yeah, which I love that for him. Which I mean, like. It's probably the job he's really always wanted because, like, he's like won every acting award that you can for television. So there you go. It would have been really funny if he like went on for like one of the Jonas Brothers when they were on Broadway, just like he subbed in for like Nick one night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like during their concerts? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That no, that would totally track um and like he's like a dad now it it, like all works with his vibes so you know there you go he he is one of those people that seems to always have like big dad energy yeah extremely so what you're saying is that he's a daddy no i said he's father (laughs) (laughs) he's papa yeah (laughs) oh my god darren chris if you're listening please be on our show i love you (laughs) If I ever see him in the streets of New York, I will accost Great him. Great episode for Darren Chris, too. Yeah. Even though he got in trouble he, with He Carmen. sang a song fully a cappella in this. Oh, yeah, he did. Well, that's what he's known for. War- Blaine Warbler. Oh, that's true. Good connection. Thank you. I'm learning. I know everyone's name, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You didn't forget Adam's name this very morning. Okay, to be fair, that was a weird picture of him. (laughs) And I wanted to be sure it was Adam and not um, the other guy, Rachel's boy. Brody? Brody. I don't know why I wanted to call him Luke. I was like, that's not right. Luke is not right. 
He looks like a Luke. We watched part of an episode he was in today. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't say his fucking name. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. Uh, I could have sworn. They did not. Oh, well, I whatever. I know, because I was paying attention because I thought you were going to quiz me. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, let's say the episode ends this is with Kurt's number and he does a really good job. It's really good. And then it goes doopa, 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 doopa. Fun fact, standing in the background out of focus in that scene behind Amber Riley uh, was Chris Colfer's boyfriend, Will Sherrod. No, mm-hmm. He was on set. That's really cute. Yeah. He was also, like, just in the last episode, wasn't he? Yes. He was in, like, the background of the stage combat class. Oh, not stage combat. Mime class. Stage yes. combat class is the next episode. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite song? Oh, God, that's really hard. Honestly, every song in this ruled. Yeah. Um, good episode for songs favorite though that's so difficult Broadway baby I'm kind of torn between three which is crazy so I guess I'll say why I like those three and then maybe I'll figure it out by the time I'm done uh Broadway baby because it fucking slaps um Broadway baby ruled uh Blaine in his little penguin outfit was so cute um (laughs) and we were also talking about the weird height difference between Darren Chris and Leah Michelle because he's short, he's five foot eight, and she is wearing heels and she is still significantly shorter than him. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they put him in lifts. It makes sense. Um anyway, it was awesome. Uh colorblind because Amber Riley sounds so good and looked amazing and that song is great. And then I'm still here because, I mean, it's, like, a classic quintessential triumphant Kurt number, which you know we love here on TH Clay. It's in the tradition of Rose's turn. Dude, when they have Kurt sing Sondheim. It, yeah, perfect. Sondheim plus Not the Boy Next Door, which is not Sondheim, but still. <laughs> it's, it's all in that category. Oh, I wish he had sang, sang Kurt's turn again for his... You know, I think if he hadn't gotten Kurt's beaten up, turn parentheses Kurt's version. <laughs> if he hadn't gotten beaten up, he could have done tur- he could he would have done Kurt's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Someone tell me when is it my turn? That was so good. What was your favorite song? Probably Kurt's. Just because it like he he also looked good. I loved his outfit. I loved his pants. He looked good. And... His, those... Those key changes were great. Yeah. He sounded yeah. great. His was hair like was re- good. He still had some of his cuts on his face. Yeah, and it was like a good redemption arc for him. Yeah. It was satisfying. It was narratively satisfying. Yeah. Any additional well, thoughts? I I will say you were you've been right so far that now that they're just focusing on the New York shit and not trying to do the high school shit, it is a much better show. It is a completely different show. Yes. It is not Glee anymore. It is like Glee New York version. Like Glee the New York years. Yeah. It's like Rugrats all grown up. Yeah. Um But it's still a better show. It's a better <laughs> show than them trying to do both at the same time. So people that shit on season five and say it's the worst season, 
this is this right here is why I firmly disagree is because the second half of season five, it has its faults and I don't love where it heads, but it's a better show <laughs> than particularly the first half of season five, but also let's be real, most of season four. <laughs> so this is boring though. Yeah, but like, isn't that worse? <laughs> yeah, at least this season's been fucking batshit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I honestly, I'm glad that you feel that that was a true statement on my part. <laughs> I'm glad that you're liking this more and that I was right. <laughs> I, yeah, because I was skeptical of that. I mean, so. honestly, rightfully so. Yeah, because like <laughs> watching the first half of season five, I was like, at least, like, really, like, <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> you gotta trust me. I was like, yeah, I guess it can't get worse, and then we'll, we'll see what happens with season six, but... Yeah, but, I mean, see, here. Now, Courtney, now you must know that you can trust me that I'm telling you the truth on everything, because I was right that season five of Glee got better. <laughs> I don't know if I would never lie about such a thing. <laughs> I have never been wrong about anything in my life, ever. And, you know what? I have great taste. Because you agree, season five, second half is better. <laughs> I didn't say it was good. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> I didn't say it was good. But Although better. a couple episodes have been good. Uh, New New York was good. The bar for Glee has been just set on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you said at one point you were like, well, you know what? I'll give Glee this. They aren't forcing Mercedes to only date black guys. And I was like, if that's where the bar is. <laughs> well, and then I was like, only because there are no black men in this show. <laughs> the one they had is no longer there because they stopped, like, caring about him. Mm-hmm. So. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, most of this episode can be cut. <laughs> I apologize for future Elise having to hear my ramblings. <laughs> oh, and I wasn't rambling. This I don't is, know. I I'm I'm. It's winding down just a little bit now, but like I was so fucking high when we started. <laughs> yeah, you're getting tired and sleepy. Yeah. Well, what did you think? Is this episode a net positive? Yeah, seven out of ten. Wow, 7 out of 10. Okay, that's that's like the highest we've had in a really long time, I feel like. It only got higher points because all the songs were good. This is true. This is the rare Glee episode where, like, literally every song is good. An episode of Glee can, be, can really be saved if the songs are good enough. I mean, look at your favorite episode, Britney Britney. <laughs> yeah, a terrible episode. The plot doesn't make Terrible enough. plot. <laughs> but, you know, it's a great fucking episode because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> see that's the thing about glee is that like even when it's shit like it's honestly good as long as it's fun it's because it's, it's like... entertaining okay i will yeah, say good i'll say it's entertaining yeah because you can make fun of it and you can enjoy the pretty colors and lights when they do the songs <laughs> all right okay sleep times <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say final thoughts, but you just said sleep times. 
that's my final thought. I'm already laying down, so. The final thought is good night. Good night, <laughs> listeners. Thank you all for listening. Honk shoe, honk shoe. Do you have any fa- final thoughts? Any fun facts? I said, I said the fun fact. Oh, oh God, I, I keep remembering fun facts for stuff when I listen to the episodes when they come out. <laughs> yeah, because you're so annoying. Me. Um, nothing that I need to share right now. It's late. <laughs> uh, stay tuned for our fun fact extravaganza episode when we're done with Glee. <laughs> yeah, actually, I should be like making notes. Yeah, as we go for, to just... like read on like the series finale of TH Glee or whatever. And then you can quiz you, and then you can make it like a quiz, and you, you can laugh at me when I get all of them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to show me pictures of side characters and be like, what's his name? (laughs) (laughs) Give me a first or a last name. (laughs) Either one will do. (laughs) I would even accept our nickname for this person. (laughs) Josh Pippi. Johnny St. Cloud. Johnny St. Cloud. Um, (laughs) Rory Irish. I would throw in some softballs for you, for sure. Oh, thank God. I wouldn't want you to finish... Like, with nothing. <laughs> You're gonna just show me a picture of fucking Leah Michelle. <laughs> what's her name? Hey, Courtney, her, what's her name? <laughs> Who is that Pokemon? <laughs> uh. Okay, well, this was fun. What a fun time. Thank you, everyone, for another episode of TH Glee. <laughs> um, recording this is so hard now. <laughs> But we're trying our best. We're we're really we're really doing the best we can. You know, both of us have full time jobs because we're we're working women, and you know, mm-hmm. we have we have we're single moms who work two jobs, <laughs> who love our kids. Yes, like, you're we not. Do a, love our kids. You're not a single mom. <laughs> that I guess that's true. I'm not a single mom. <laughs> It's just me and my son. <laughs> Anyways, thank you all for listening. Um, Futurist, take it away. Oh my god, so true, bestie. Thank you for listening to another episode of TH Glee. If you like this episode, you can give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to see more from us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thglee420. If you want to hear more of my voice, you can check out Pumping Up the Podcast, a Hannah Montana podcast, or follow me on Twitter at LovelyLacy. And if you want to hear more of my voice, you can listen to Ramsey's recaps and Trailer Trash, or follow me on Twitter at Style. And until next time, don't stop believing. Oh my god. <laughs>